podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Face Off, I'm your host Guy Drinkle as ever and today we're going to be discussing the chaotic victory over Crystal Palace and that manic 4-3 victory and joining me is AI contributor and writer Stephen Beaumont-Adams, how are you doing Stephen? I'm good thank you Guy. Good stuff, been a long time since I spoke to you, how are you? Yeah I think it was um, the the Spurs Face Off with Kev was probably the last one so yeah pretty good. Good Busy, but good. Yeah, good, good. And joining us, you heard him on the preview pod, it's Jesse. How are you doing, Jesse? I'm good, lads. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. I mean, it was hectic for us. I'm sure it was hectic for you. How did you feel, like, during and after the game? Because I almost died many times. <laughs> uh, I was dipping in and out of it because um, I couldn't make it to the game, so I was just keeping track of it. Uh, I think I said to you, I think one of, you, one of your guys... Um, Pressed, pressed me for a score and I went for a kind of semi-ambitious 1-0 and uh, it ended up being to you guys it ended up being a one goal difference although I didn't didn't see it coming that way so um, it's what we love about football isn't it just uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. sort of we're ha- hanging in there till the end anyway so um, I think it was better than, better than I could have hoped for realistically yeah I mean I don't think anyone predicted it it turned into such a mad game like that Um <laughs> But Jesse, I'll stick with you, and we always start with the starting 11s on this show. I mean, not really any surprises from the Palace um, team sheet, but I mean, I suppose Ayu's probably the biggest one, because he seems to get dropped for, for bigger games, I suppose. Yeah, I think that, was, that again, that came up in the preview. I think I was expecting, because he, he gave Ben Teke his first few minutes last week, I thought that was just the kind of test bed for him to start yesterday. Um, but Roy's got his own ideas. He's pretty stubborn. Um, yeah, that was that was the only surprise. You're right. And Baroni, as as predicted, had his first game in a year, and uh, just 404th appearance. And I was thinking, oh, everyone was saying like that sort of reminds you of error 404 that you that you get on the, on the web. <laughs> we got we got we got our error 404. Um, so that was that was to the script. Uh, but we feel bad for Jules because yeah. it's this is his swan song, and um, he's been having year extensions for the last few years since we got Hennessy, and it looks like it's his last season for us, which is uh, so we're quite a bit bittersweet because we want him. To, it's good to get the, the sort of weird double goalkeeper injury in one game. It's given Jules a few more appearances before he leaves us at the end of the season, which is the way it's looking. So. At least we get to see him play a few more games and uh, pay tribute to him, but didn't really want to want to see him going out starting like this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do Do you think that could possibly be his last game? Because you you have signed that Brazilian goalkeeper, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I don't, I have nothing. We know nothing about yeah. him, and apparently he hasn't even made a first team appearance yet for Sao Paulo. Oh God, that's, so, that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I, I mean, I think realistically. We just need cover of any of any description. So he he is that. 
Um, I think he he's basically an understudy understudy to Speroni because we had a, a rookie kid called Tupper, I think, on the bench yesterday, um, who I've never even heard of before. So we just need some sort of immediate cover for Speroni. And I think what will happen in the summer is this uh, Perry from Sao Paulo will take over Jules as the, as the third choice keeper. So yeah, I mean, it's quite rare to get a double injury to two keepers in one game, but that's <laughs> where we are. That's where we are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And Stephen, from our point of view, I mean, probably a couple more surprises in terms of our starting eleven. But Milner, a right back, probably one, but not many other options. Matip was obviously back, and probably the biggest contentious decision, obviously the biggest talking point from the game, especially on Twitter, is that Kate is still playing on left wing rather in central midfield. I mean, what were your thoughts on our starting eleven? It was pretty much what I thought we'd see. It was between Kate and Shakiri, but apart from the rest of the team, um, I kind of wanted to see Camacho at right back, not Milner, because I just had it in my head that uh, Roy would go back to a, you know, a 4-3-3 and stick Sahara against him, and as soon as you saw that, it's like he's going to get rinsed, and it's nothing bad for Milner. He's 33 now. He's not had pace for a while, and Sahara did him with little, little more than paced, didn't he, a couple of times. Mm. So I just felt, I just felt as soon as I saw the, the lineup, I actually felt sorry for Mill and Romatip, and you just knew they were going to have a pretty torrid day, and it proved to be right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But, I mean, I'll stick with you for the start of the game, Stephen, and I agree with everything you said in the start in 11. I'll probably stick with Milner over Camacho because his... His his FA Cup appearance was mental, but uh, yeah, I do agree that was the uh, the weak spot um, on in in our side. But I'll start. I'll stick with you for the start of the game. I mean, we start sort of positively. I mean, Matip has a chance, probably falls to the wrong person. I mean, what what was your thoughts on it? I mean, Milner seemed to be heavily involved throughout the whole game, but he created a good chance there. Yeah, I thought we had a decent start. It was. We've had a few games recently, haven't we? Where we've had plenty of the ball. We're getting into the box. We're getting players into the right position. And people just aren't, their first touch isn't quite right or the final ball isn't quite right. You know, I think Robbo had a couple of stray crosses as well. Um, and I don't know, Cater, like he, there was a few times he picked the ball up sort of in between where you'd imagine he'd be on the left wing and in, midf- in midfield, he'd, he'd cut inside where he even got to the ball. And he was driving at the defence, but it was almost as if he was too far forward or too far back. He was just in no man's land. So when he was get, picking up the ball and driving, it was pretty much straight into defenders each time. But I was watching the game and I was just thinking to myself, oh, as soon as we nick a goal, we'll be, we'll be fine. And with, with the form that Mel and Bobby have seen to be getting back into, I wasn't worried about us not getting a goal. It was more a case of when as opposed to if. But it was a fairly frustrating first, what, 20, 30 minutes? Hmm. I'd say the whole first half was frustrating from our point of view. I, I mean, yeah, but once they score, it's a, I think it yeah. just changes the mentality, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it doesn't. It's now, okay, we've got an attritional 15 minutes and then they can get a rollicking and see see how they change. And it was, I mean, for neutral, it must be quite amusing to watch Palace do to us what, what we've done to so many teams this season. You know, pick the ball on the break, some quick passes, cut back to... Uh, midfielder coming into the box and sliding it in um, you know I know Townsend scored a scream a couple of weeks ago but he's not exactly known for death bottom corner finishes is he 
<laughs> no, no, I don't think I've seen him score a normal goal. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Jesse, was that was the game plan um, for Palace always going to be sit back, rely on the defence, and then break with pace, which seemed to you, you had in abundance, really? Yeah, I think there was a bit of a random uh, tweet going around from a journalist I saw, reveling in this uh, statistic that he found that we scored. Three goals at Anfield, three goals at the Etihad, which is six league goals in two, two of the hardest away games. And that's how many league goals we've scored at home all season. Now, I don't really think there's much of a revelation there because essentially, as a friend of mine put it, if, if a team comes to Selhurst looking for a point, they tend to take all three because mm. we can't, we can't, like Wolves did that to us. Wolves came and sat back. And just nick the cheeky goal. And we just can't break teams down. We are no good at breaking down teams that part the bus. Whereas teams that within, well within their rights to take the game to us, like Liverpool and City, uh, and even Arsenal when they came to our place, we drew 2-2 with them. Any team that gives us any kind of room, we can hurt them. So it's, if, if you take the game to us, we will, we, we do express ourselves and tend to take our chances, funnily enough. Um, but the more the more hard work it is, the more that we sort of tend to suffer. So I think it's, it's, there's no more. It's, it's as simple as that. I think that even at talk about Townsend, he scored at he scored at the Etihad, Anfield, and Stamford Bridge. He scored all his goals. He's taken. He's been really ruthless away from home, uh, and he scored a, a, a pelter against Burnley. He's been the worst team I've seen all season at, at our place. So nothing new, really. It's just. It tends to be that if you give us, if teams give us a little bit of room and, and we, con- we keep our concentration, that, that goal that we scored, um, in the first instance is, is what we've been doing. Um, and I think I said on the preview pods, we've been, our ball retention is really good. Like you can, they did an open training session pre-season where we, I got to see for the first time all the drills that Roy does and Ray Lewington does. And they just work so hard on first time passing. Um, really intricate drills. So it's once if the teams just you're not on an off day, we can get it up the field pretty well. So that's what you saw. We were a bit frustrated that match today didn't give it any kind of breakdown. I hadn't thought about it like that, Stephen. But for you to say that we scored a goal the way you've been scoring goals, exactly that's exactly the way it works. That's why when we play big teams, we play big teams. We've had two two against Arsenal. 3-2 we beat City and 4-3 against you. There's definitely a pattern there. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the game a couple of times now and there's been a bit of a, you know, the, we were, you know, the Palace Palace players beat the press and if you watch if you watch the first goal, they didn't beat the press. They saw a mistake. They saw a gap and the, the, the first ball that gets you out from the defence, I mean, was that, I can't even pronounce his name, Miller? Mil- oh, no, no, Boyovich. Yeah. Oh, no. So, Miller, so, that was McCarthy. I was going to yeah. say that, but that first yeah. ball out from the back that just hits yeah. you on the break is just such, such a good first sort of. Yeah. That, that we were, breaks our midfield. It bypasses we were, it. Yeah, we were just totally, we were totally playing with fire there because um, Tompkins and McCarthy couldn't get it out of their feet, could they? And you just there was about four or five of your players were closing them down. Then suddenly Tompkins found Milivojevic. He played a simple ball to McArthur and he was the one that swung it into Van Anholt, who was on his own on the left-hand side. And Van Anholt seems to have been... We've been spotting this at home in particular. Van Anholt 
once he's in the mood, he just can bomb on. And towards the end of the season, when Palace are safe, he seems to be able to um, just be a bit more ambitious and get forward and score a few goals. But right now, when points are at a premium, he seems to be told to stay back by Roy till the last 15, 20 minutes if we need a goal. Then he starts to come to life. So um, he found himself in some space early in the game yesterday, found Zaha, and for once he didn't try and shoot from the touchline. He actually laid it back. And uh, the way we play, you, you, we always need our other winger to, to tuck in to try and take advantage of that. So it was, it was a perfect set of circumstances for us. Yeah, it was, it was a well-worked goal, but I mean, I think if we've got Trent or even Gomez playing there, they've got the pace to put themselves in the right position, whereas that little sort of, he, he slows down, doesn't he, Zaha, and slows down, and then takes a second burst, and it just leaves Milner in no man's land. You know, the guy's not, he's not a fullback, and not these days, so it was a great ball, though, but he tried it two or three times in the game after that, didn't he? There was a few times where he cut back towards the penalty spot but nobody was getting there yeah so it's a bit of a hot topic again with Palace fans about where Zaha should play because he's just Roy's been Roy likes to let him uh, give him a bit of a luxury role where he doesn't have to track back but we just see him cause so much damage and stretch other teams when he's he's on the wing so we've seen him do that for 10 years and it just feels alien to just expect him to to be a striker because he's Strike rate is not great. His ability to get balls on target, not great. He's much better at just getting in the box where people are afraid to tackle him. And, that, and therefore, he's, an, he's allowed to, to put something across. Yeah, and, and Milner does love a red card against Zaha, doesn't he? guy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll get to the, get to that, but yeah, I, I didn't realise that was his last red card as well against Zaha. But, yeah. um, uh, Jesse, from from your point of view, when you saw Milner in the starting eleven at right back, and you saw that Zaha wasn't up front, I mean, you must have been rubbing your hands together. So uh, we didn't talk about this last week, but after yeah. the game, I, I I think I put something in the chat to ask one of you guys. Was it you who replied? And yeah, that Milner was would play instead of Alexander Arnold. So that was the first I heard of it, and it just seemed too good to be true. Yeah, I mean, I thought. It would be typical of Roy not to take advantage of that because we've seen the same thing a few times this season. We played Arsenal, as I've said, we drew 2-2 at home. Shaka got was playing at left-back at that part of the season, if you remember. Mm. And he got a yellow early in the game. And it was crying out for for Wilf to be just switch, switch wings, just put Wilf onto Shaka, who can't tackle him, and there's bound to be a little bit of more joy down that side. He didn't do it until 15 minutes left of the game. And, of course, he drew a foul from Shaka and Milivojevic put a penalty away to win a point. So we've just been a little bit guilty of not doing the obvious thing. It seems the the average Palace fan will have a few uh, gripes with with Roy in that area where he just doesn't seem to take advantage of the obvious weakness. So, um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't always come off, does it? But it felt like it was a sensible thing to do. So, yeah, to answer your question, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Stephen, I mean, we've mentioned obviously Zaha and Milner, but I mean, we were, I think it's fair to say we were poor in lots of areas in terms of this goal that we can see. I mean, the press, I mean, Bobby and um, I think it was Kater in the initial stage weren't very aggressive. Um, and then Henderson just buggers off out of central midfielder and then Milner's just absolutely just, just destroyed. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a good goal from our point of view, was it? 
No, and it is, it's harsh to blame Milner. There is an element of fault on him because he was playing right back, but he shouldn't have been playing right back. He, he had no chance. Once, once Sahar's in the box, he's got no chance. Um, again, like I said, like there's a lot of people saying beating the press or people looking for... Um, I think Chris Williamson had a little thread about this earlier. People looking for whose fault it was. I don't think it's a specific player's fault. You've got Milner... You know, he's never going to get back as quickly as you want. You've got Hendo is trying to play a, a much more attacking game. And the rest of his game was pretty good yesterday. And, you know, alongside Fab. So, mm. and there was just a, there was just space. You know, it was just a really, really good ball from MacArthur. You, if he mishits that pass, if he doesn't see the pass to Van Arnhol, it doesn't the goal doesn't happen. So I don't think, I think it's one of those strange goals that, there was an element of luck and the kind it's the kind of goal, you know, we expect to see a scoring, but you don't tend to blame specific players for it. It was just a, the circumstance of us having every player pretty much trying to get into Palace's box in one way, shape or form. You know, the amount of times if you watch before the goal, you know, Matip or um, Van Dijk, one of them are playing ahead of one of the midfielders and you've got Hendo and Fabinho dropping into where the centre-back should be because they've gone on a wonder forward to try and get the ball in the box or do something. It was a perfect set of circumstances for us because MacArthur is underrated. He's not he's not quick, but he's he's just kind of does the right thing at the right time. He always plays the right ball. Um, but you, you, we usually we don't usually see him sat that far deep. It was quite, I mean, he was doing what Milivojevic should be doing, but I think away from home he was just kind of the insurance guy helping out Tomkins. And... Um, I think, yeah, you're right. I counted as five of your players around three of ours. And MacArthur is good at maths. He saw there's somebody, must be someone spare, saw Van Anhol. And um, he, he didn't even, Van Anhol didn't even have to break his stride to kind of uh, get, into the, get into your half and play it to Will. So, and I remember it was Henderson who was one of those five. He was the one having to track back to try and um, help out Milner. But by the time he got there, Will was already one-on-one with him. So, yeah. it was, and then as I said, I, mean, you, I could honestly not say that, that regularly that Townsend will tuck in like that to be the extra man. And Kiate was there as well as AU. I mean, we, we've been really guilty of not getting people in the box to help out, to get on the end of things. So to see Kiate and AU on the edge of the six yard box and Townsend at the penalty spot, I mean, we don't see that enough. That's why so many things are left wanting. Uh, so it was a perfect set of circumstances for us. Um, so we're not usually that ruthless, to be honest. Yeah, when the first goal went in, I just, I don't know, I just went, oh, well, they've, they've scored. But the way we've been this season, it's like, well, we're still going to score three today, so I'm sure it'll be fine. We just need to be patient. And obviously it was fine, but it was painful. Yeah, I mean, that that kind of brilliantly brings me on to, uh, on to my next point I was going to bring up with you, Stephen. You mentioned you mentioned painfully there, and in the aftermath, and probably the main talking point after the game, obviously you were very relieved that we won, but Kater seems to be a lot of the discussion, obviously you've mentioned him a couple of times already, I mean, what what was your main gripe with him then, because you said you've watched it back again, I've only watched it once, and I didn't think he was that bad, considering the, the reaction he's got, but you, you seem to have mentioned him a few times, what, what was your main gripe with him in this game? I don't think he did anything wrong. I just think 
because of where he was playing, he was picking up the ball and he was just in the wrong place for what he can do. He's picking up the ball and he's already tucked in. He's looking to drive at players. He's got no space to get going. Like when you watch him, if he starts deeper and he's got five, six yards before he gets to the first player and he's, he, can, he can get some pace and get some momentum behind him, he just seems to drift through defenders that way. But he's almost trying to get going and he's coming up against um, Wan-Bissaka who's been on great form this season. He looks one of the best right-backs in the league. You know, for some reason, James Tonkins always he seems to have a great game against us. And it was maybe Keata who closed him down a few times. I'm not sure. It might have been MacArthur. But he just didn't really get the space to do what what he was probably there to do. <clears throat> and his strengths are different to Shakiri's. If Shakiri's playing that role, Shakiri picks up the ball a little bit deeper. There isn't any room to, to run. He'll do what we've seen him do a few times. He'll whip a ball over the top. And today, when he did that in the second half, they weren't coming off. But we've seen a few times this season where he's whipped in a whipped a ball from the halfway line into Mo, and we've gone away and scored. So I just think it was the wrong play in the wrong position. Um, you know, Cyber was just joking earlier. If you're looking for a left winger, where on your list is is Cater? You know, apart from above Milner, he's not on that list really, is he? Because he's not a left winger. Mm. I think he's left footed. He's attacking. Klopp's obviously trying to get minutes into him. He'll he's right, him he's in. right footed, I think, actually. That's the is thing. He? I think he's right footed, yeah. He tends anyway, to, well, matter. But matter, he yeah. tends to play on the left. When he plays in a two or three mm-hmm. midfield, he tends to play on the left, doesn't he? Yeah, but yeah. He's bought, so he's tried to get in minutes because he's on that side of the pitch. But I just don't think that, you know, he's he, he was bought when we were playing a four three three. He was obviously going to play on the left of a three. It's the game that suits him. I know Dave wants to see him play as a bit of a ten. Um, bit of a square peg round hole can't again a bit like the Milner thing you can't really blame him if you watched him he tried he tried a lot harder today I thought than he did a, did against Wolves but he just didn't have the space to operate and I just think his confidence and his belief in what he can do to affect a game isn't there at the moment because he's not being given the opportunities yeah yeah and, and Jesse um, Stephen mentioned that um Aaron Wambasaka is obviously getting a lot of um, fanfare from fans outside of Crystal Palace fans as well, and um, Tomkins as well. But, I mean, your whole back line, especially in the first half, I, I thought was massively impressive. Uh, I mean, I, I did the um, preview for the pro side of this channel, and I was saying it's probably top five defensive lines in, in the Premier League. Better than Arsenal's, because, well, you know. <laughs> but, um, but, I mean, how, how is that? Is that is that where the your whole team is just based around. Obviously, you got Sacco, who we, as Liverpool fans, we all, we all know what happened there. But I'm still a fan of him. I mean, it just seemed to be very, very strong back line. Is that is that just where your team is just based around? It's a good question. Good question. I think Liverpool fans have seen been generous since the game, um, just with, with in a few areas really about compliments about to our fans and and to our general kind of. Um, sort of approach to playing football. So, um, good to be to pick up on that. I think that just across the bat line, Van Anhol, not he's not had, he's just been a little, as I mentioned earlier, he's been a little bit hesitant. He's, he's a player that once he gets, if he gets a goal or two, then he seems to get several more. Goes to real purple patches, but he's just been a little bit conservative this year. Um, Sacco seemed to sort of play a little bit with a point to prove. He, he was, mm. like, when, I, when we've played you at home the last couple of times, I think Klopp 
knows that Sacco likes to take a ball on his chest and then play it because yeah. you, you've been really good at just closing him down. I mean, you know him better than anyone else in the league. So you've always put the pressure on him with, with, with that basis because his distribution is fantastic and he's not afraid to play forward passes. So he's he's been good for us. He's been a little bit more on it. He's always got a mistake in him early on. There was a cheeky little back heel as well, wasn't there? <laughs> he seems to sort of take, he seems to sort of um, get his risks out early and then starts to concentrate. So he gets away with a lot. He always seems to sort of have a last ditch recovery of uh, to make up for something that he's done wrong. Um, and then Tompkins, I feel like he had a little bit of a sluggish patch when we played um, Brighton in December and, and the game after that. Um, he's not, he's not hugely quick, but to see players like Dunk go ahead of him in the, in the England reckoning, we, we feel slightly, not just because he's a Brighton player, but we just feel slightly odd. Thompson doesn't, I swear that he was on the verge of an England call up when he was at West Ham. He's just not really seemed to get any of the spotlight where he's deserved it. Um, so we, 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 we love Thompson and Saka. They've, whenever, there was a, they had a great statistic up until a few games ago where, they they um they hadn't lost a game when they started the game together for mm, in 10, or, 10 or 12 appearances so they've been a solid pairing and then Wambasaka he's, he's just um still the limelight every every game for us he's, he's he just surprises people I think I just said to you last week he's just got a telescopic right leg he just seems to win the balls when it looks like the ball's long gone past him um I think he's He's not totally direct enough. When he played against City away, he did the right thing where he just got beat his man and put the ball in on Townsend's head and it hit the post and we ended up winning a penalty out of that. He just sometimes gets to the byline and then passes it back to Townsend or MacArthur in the middle. So he's, he's still learning his game. He's just, he's just, we're just so proud of him that he's just stepped in and completely put Joel Ward into, into the background. Who was slightly on borrowed time anyway. It was just, it was a perfect, uh, way in for him to play, play against two or three big teams, show he was capable and become first choice right back. So, um, yeah, we're delighted. Do you not think he could walk into the first team of half the top six, if not four teams in the top six? People are saying that. I just, um, I don't know. It's, it's, we're just sort of getting used to him ourselves, you know? It's, he's, um, he's, He's got his own, he's got his own song immediately, and he's just an absolute, absolute cult hero. So, he's going, he, he came in, what, with a quarter of the season left, or second half of the season, and won Young Player of the Year after about three games last season. <laughs> uh, this year, I think he's going to win Player of the Year and Young Player of the Year. That's a big shout, though. To be fair, wasn't it two years ago, Sacco came second in Player of the Year, and he was there for, like, two games? <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, he played, I think he played eight games, and he got crocked on his own, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <coughs> what, what do you think Parrish does if the big bid comes in from in the summer? I, I think he's, there's, there's a bit of a ridiculous Twitter poll going round about who should we sell if we have to, Zaha or Sucker and... Um, some sort of stupid, stupid hypothesis, really, but, but you sort of feel like they'd be worth about the same amount of money the way, way things are going. Mm. As, um, so I don't know. It's um, a good problem to have. I just, I just, it's quite weird because we're still kind of getting used to him. We still, he still feels like a new signing to us, you know. 
And um, he's just so he's so humble with it. He's, he really doesn't he doesn't get caught up in any of the sort of glamour of, of being a footballer. He's very 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 calm and just please, please, he seems to be quite collected. He sort of realizes that he's um, very fresh to the scene and he just needs to to just keep keep his head down. So we we couldn't be more happy. We, we just he was just he was the first debutant to make. Um, a league appearance from the academy since Zaha. So it's been a good few years. We just, we'd like to get one or two more of those through the system, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Crystal Palace is one of them academies that's been, that's probably been famed uh, probably the last decade or so, and you, and you can see why, especially with Juan Basaka. I, I, I listened to a, to the um, Premier League version of, uh, of Anfield Index, the EPL Index, and there's a Crystal Palace I'm fan on there. I remember Joel Ward was fast becoming a problem and he, he just made the position his own uh, and I, I'm, I've seen many Liverpool fans say, say they'd want to buy him as well but may, maybe a bit early for that but um, I think both of these decisions were in the uh, in the first half so I, I'll, I'll start with you on this Stephen I mean um, firstly I think there's a handball by Townsend it'd probably be a bit of a soft one saying as the rule says deliberate I mean I think that was just before the first goal as well I mean what was what was your thoughts on the Townsend handball <laughs> having watched it back a couple of times um, well they penalised Barney for the handball and give a free kick mm. but if you but on the replay it's clearly Townsend the ref can't see it so fair you know fair enough the ref can't see it he can't give it but if he does see it as he's given a free kick to Palace for Mane's handball, has to be a penalty if he sees it properly. It's I think it's as simple as that. You can't give a free kick one way, not the other. But he, they're, they're, they're both tangled, both their arms are in the air, hits Townsend's arm. And you know, last season I've been like, oh God, we're not getting the penalty. We've not had a penalty forever. We're not going to win. Whereas this year, it was a bit of a, we need to sort ourselves out. But we're doing the right things. We could have had a penalty so far. It was, um, I think it's a hard one for the ref to get right because he doesn't see it, but he did get it wrong. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I forgot to give the the free kick in the other way. I mean, I, I'll stick with you, Stephen, for um, chapter twenty five in the Salah Salah diving discussion. I mean, I think he's been treated harshly in, in the narrative in other ones but I do think this one was a bit pathetic yeah it's a dive but you know last season he was getting kick lumps out of he never went down he never got a penalty this year he's going down and he's most of his recent penalties have been penalties if not all of them uh, this one wasn't given it wasn't stupid enough for it to be a yellow card either context made he's gone down he's left it a little bit too long it was a little bit pathetic at the same time, I'd rather see him, if he's lost the ball, going to ground because he didn't do it last season enough and we could have got one more games if he'd actually taken penalties for some of the fouls he conceded. So it wasn't a penalty. It was a slightly rubbish dive. It it really doesn't matter. This narrative's getting boring. I'm sure there'll be people banging on about Sterling at some point today when he should have had a stonewaller. But you know, reputations. But probably, probably got... not. It was Sterling's reputation. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, because the rep- reputations, he's probably not got it because of that. Even though it was a stonewaller, so I'm, I'm not. It's, 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 it's a topic that's 
slowly getting boring, and I'm sure in a couple of weeks' time there'll be another one. Yeah, which you may or may not get. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll ask, I'll ask uh, you, Jesse, about both the decisions. But before that, I mean, we, we've seen the Salah narrative, whether you think he's a diver or not, but Zaha has a similar reputation and narrative around him. I mean, it must quickly become boring because I think this is kind of a new thing for Liverpool fans with this. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Zaha suffers similar stuff, doesn't he? Well, I mean, you don't really want to suffer what the sort of boring narrative, as you put it, that we've had because. I think part of, uh, I don't honestly think Zaha's reputation as a diver is fair. I think part of it is because he gets scrutinised because he does play for a smaller team. I think that's fair to say. Someone said to me today, if Salah was doing this for Burnley, they'd be all over it. So there is a part of that. I think that you have to allow for bigger teams getting decisions or smaller teams getting picked up. Put it this way, if you were a, man, if you were a fan of a smaller team, smaller team your whole life like I was you'd definitely feel like me put it that way <laughs> so um, there's that that's got to be taken into account I think to be fair I mean I, I I know a diver when I see one and Zaha is nowhere near to be uh, scrutinised in the way that Andy Johnson should have been Andy Johnson was an expert at winning penalties and Joe Murray as well who's an absolute professional has this sort of platoon kind of um, I call it the platoon effect where he just lifts up both of his ankles and makes he can make Dan Murray can make anything <laughs> look like a foul you wait you watch you watch him but he's so he basically lifts both his ankles up and off the ground at the same time and it, he wins so many fouls off that and often gets on the end of the free kick to score a header off the end of it he basically decides where he wants the free kick to be taken lifts his uh, ankles up and then gets on the end of it he did it at West Ham when we beat them and he got sent off a bit later on as well so I, I know, um, I'll be honest when I, and call it out where I see it, but I think Zaha's problem is a lot of his calls are him running at pace. He, he always, mm. there is generally always obvious contact and always at pace. So it might be that it looks like a dive or it's probably the fact that it's harder to call or it's the fact that there is no way he could have stood up or, or one of, one or two of those things combined. I think the problem you're having with Salah is, there is no pace involved here. It's so obvious, um, or it's so contentious because it's a delayed reaction to contact, or it's sort of an advert- a clear intent intention to make it look worse than it is. I think that's that's what I'm hearing at our end. And it's what I've seen. I don't know if you've seen the Twitter thread going around. Have you seen that? Yeah, the uh, yeah. all of his dives. Yeah, yeah, so I think you're gonna you're gonna have to. Um, Get, get used to, to the narrative because we've had to get used to it. But I feel like it's unfortunate. I, I was really angry when I did our own podcast after you, you beat us at our place earlier in the season. I just, I, I was at, at the, behind the goal where he went over for the penalty that, that you took the, the lead in the first half against us. And two or three things had happened already where he sort of, he wasn't getting the rub of the green. So he was, he had a one on one and he, he put it over the bar. He was getting tackled when it looked like he was delaying his his um his time on the ball, and it just it, to be, the way I put it on the pod I remember at the time is that it looked like Salah was in for it was almost too much like hard work for him, so it looked like that he was going to take anything that he could to try and take the advantage. Now I don't blame generally blame any player for doing that because you you've got to win take advantage where you can, but 
I would after last season, you've got to put Salah in the top three to five players in the world. Like he's not far, but scoring goals at that at that level at that number, he's on an upward curve that suggests he, he could really start to challenge Ronaldo's and Messi's uh, on a on a longer term basis for things like the Ballon d'Or and uh, lifting lifting trophies. So, but you don't see them doing what he's doing right now. So I think that someone said he's putting his reputation at risk a little bit and I think there is a little bit of that that I just don't I just don't expect it from him so it's quite a surprise to see it this season I had a question for you guys about it do you think it might be in the back of his mind he feels that he's got to keep his goal tally up after last season and he's just trying to make sure that he can start to sort of recover the number of goals he probably didn't have at this time I mean he's not doing badly for goals now but where I've seen where I've started to see it is is he just trying to take things to the next level and therefore just win at all costs? Is that is that a part of it, or what do you think it is? I think it's last season he wasn't getting decisions that he should have got, and this year he's decided, well, someone kicks me. If I can't get a shot off, I'll go down and see what happens. I think it's as simple as that, because it's he wasn't going down as much last year. It wouldn't surprise me if the you know if the coaches have said to him, you don't get anything in the Premier League unless you hit the floor. Stop being so honest. And I think there's been a, a, a... Did you see Van Dyke's header early on in the game where Spironi, who even barely touched the crossbar, clearly didn't get a touch on it, but everyone appealed for the corner and you guys got it. You just seem, it seems to be that you've just a, sort of taken um, a real attitude to just let's claim everything. Let's just, let's just put this game to bed as soon as we can because... I think it's part of it. If, if you believe it, then you can you can sway the ref's opinion, right? So it just feels like generally you're just being Liverpool's being a bit more brutal about taking um, game for the scruff of their neck to try to try and get the advantage. I mean, it's not a bad thing. I mean, look where you are in the league. But it just I'm just not used to seeing it from Liverpool. It's the sort of thing I'm used to seeing from Man United. <laughs> and look how many times they won the league. Yeah. I think yeah, I, I don't, I don't mind it? us. Yeah, I don't mind us learning some dark arts. To be honest, I mean, we've had a obviously Suarez was was the king of um, the dark arts. I mean, he dived at everything, and uh, I'm sure Liverpool fan, every Liverpool fan would agree with that. But um, yeah, I think I, it's kind of an interesting debate. I think he's on. I think he's two goals behind where he was last season, but he's got two more assists. But I think he's obviously started taking penalties as well, so that might have propped it up a bit. But um, but I don't think, I think the fact that he obviously scored so many goals last season, I think people seem to think he's not really matched that. And I, I, for me, I think he, he, are, he has, but last season he had the big stage of the Champions League games that propped it up hugely. And we're still before that stage. So I think before, if he continues his form, I think people still look at him as having a similar season, uh, as long as we don't go out to Bayern in the next round. But yeah, I mean, it, it, there is. I think you're kind of right in the fact that we have gone a bit. Uh, we have kind of got a bit more brutal with with the decisions and stuff. But I think, as Stephen pointed out, that's kind of the stuff of champions, really, or the stuff necessary necessary of champions. I mean, Fernandinho is probably the biggest shit out in the league, and he's he's only been booked like twice. <laughs> It's it just seems to it just seems to be the way that uh, the top teams do it, unfortunately. Um, but I think that's pretty much the first half covered. And um, Stephen, I'll have to come to you on on the start of the um, the second half because I mean, there's 
there's such a change in intensity, as we mentioned throughout the, the first half was borderline boring and just not really there. And I mean, straight away we see Van Dyke try and shoot from 30 yards, which you could probably call stupid, but it's at least attempting something. Obviously we get a bit of luck from that and then Salah scores the rebound. What, what was your thoughts on, on, on our first goal, which is pretty much the, the first few minutes of the first half? Second half, I think, sorry. Can you imagine being at half time in the dressing room with not just Klopp, but you've now got Van Dyke who doesn't look like he's scared of showing his opinion? I think there are probably a few choice words shared amongst the senior players and the coaches to get their asses into gear. And it might have been a hit and hope shot. I mean, I liked what Hendo does when the ball comes to him. And I think he was quite intelligent today, which is he wasn't looking just for the easy ball. He looks up, he sees Van Dyke's in space. He plays a sensible ball into him. And I think Van Dyke's had a crack just to try and get the fans warmed up and the players warmed up. And, you know, Mo's goal is something that Fowler and Rush would have been proud of. It's a proper poacher's finish. Not only is he, he's watched the shot come in, he's watched what's going on. Like, the finish itself is clever. You know, even the cheerful Alan Shearer pointed out match of the day, it's a difficult and intelligent finish to steer that in on the outside of his left foot. And I, I just, I think the speed it happens at, you can see they've had a reaction to whatever's been said at half time. They've come out willing to go. The fact that you've got, Mo, and I'm not sure if it's Bobby or Mane, but there's two players. As soon as the, as soon as um, Van Dyke's shot is deflected, there are two players charging into the six-yard box, looking to get on the end of something. And that's what that's what we need to see. But it is interesting seeing him switch from a you know a goal-scoring right winger to a proper poacher today. And it's it was a, the kind of goal I thoroughly enjoy watch going in. You can take your 30-yard screamer. I'd much rather watch a tap in. No, no, you're you're weird. <laughs> it's just satisfying. Uh, it's not. It's not. You want the thirty yard scream. I'd rather that Van Dyke shot gone in. But Jesse, I mean, from from a Palace point of view, I mean, is it just bad luck, or is there anyone you can point the finger of blame at? I mean, it, it, it's just one of them, isn't it? I was a bit annoyed that you. Well, Salah just anticipates anything you get on the end of anything, right? So. it's he was looking looking for any opportunity and straight from the off we should know we should know that we're most vulnerable straight after they've had a bollocking at half time. Um we we didn't we didn't kind of we weren't cautious enough. I think it was a bit of a bit of a shoddy clearance from Van Anholt that put it back into the mixer. Ah, yeah, Henderson, yeah. Henderson squared it to Van Dyke to shoot. So Van Anholt just basically put it in the mix put it in just outside our 18-yard box with the clearance, not good enough. Better just putting it out for throwing or just putting it up to the touchline. Putting it back in the danger area where clearly one of your players is going to pick it up was, and that might be a bit harsh because it was 10 seconds before the goal was scored, but it's where it started. Two players, and if you compare that, two, two players on the byline, I think it was Saka and Fernando, and one of them mm-hmm. just launched it without looking. If you compare that to MacArthur playing that ball to Van Anholt, out of our first goal, MacArthur was looking for the guy in space, found him. If there's not a guy in space, then be a bit more calculated what you do with it. What you don't do is, is what he did. And I think a lot of criticism has been pointed in his direction today. Yeah, do you, do you think he should have left it a sack? I mean, although he does it, does overplay sometimes, he's probably a bit more composed in that situation, you'd imagine. 
Saka would just never do that. Saka yeah. would never kick it there without knowing that it, it either one of our players was there or it was safer than than that. He was looks. He was find someone's feet, but usually Saka plays it out to Van Aanholt or Zaha on the left. But I just feel like he should have put it out. It's easy to say, but he's just got to put it somewhere safer mm-hmm. than where he put it. Yeah, in the stands yeah. is safer, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, especially um, when you're when you're when you're protecting a one 0 lead away from home straight after half time. You don't. You just can't. You can't take any risks. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that that's a very good point. I mean, just so early after the. Do you think that that, that that's a factor? And it? it was so it was so quick after the break that it was a bit panicky. I think. It, I mean, Sacco and Van Arnold, they've kind of tripped over each other, haven't they? I think you'd have hoped. Yeah. Back when Saka was playing for us, you'd have hoped he'd have taken charge, but sometimes he just doesn't take charge of situations, and and Van Arnholtz just not cleared the ball properly. And, you know, maybe he should have just hit it into Rosen and got the ball out of play. Maybe he's not switched on because it's less than a minute into the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fully, I fully agree. I mean, it was, it was just one of them weird. Got. I mean, it's a brilliant finish by Salah. I think one of the uh, analogies you, <laughs> one of the lads on Raw was, uh, I think it was Carl on Raw. Is, uh, if someone did that down around the down the park, he's either an expert finisher or he's just he's just absolutely one-footed and and garbage. But obviously Salah's the uh, the former in that. But. Um, yeah, it was it was a good finish, but he's just one of them poor poor clearance. But a bit of luck after that, I suppose. But um, I don't think I don't think I don't think Spironi could have done anything about that. No, one. that's probably <laughs> probably the probably the goal where he's least um, to blame. Uh, the ones we're going to continue to talk about, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, speaking of goals, I mean, I, I'm not sure how. I think it's rel- relatively quickly. Um, after we, we score again, um, um, Kater's first assist. Yes, Kater's first assist. Sorry, yeah. And again, it just, it just seems, as you, as you mentioned towards the start of the show, Stephen Bobby is back and, is back and falling back in the goals. I mean, it, it takes <laughs> again more deflections. So luck was obviously on our side in this one. Um, but Bobby back in the goals, I think, it's Tompkins who it comes off. Yeah, I'm not sure it comes off, but I mean, today's goal for me is kind of what Bobby's about. It's not just his no look finishes. It's he's got that thing that people like Fowler used to have sometimes that when he's going through a purple patch, it can go in off anything. It could be a good finish. It could go off someone's backside. He just has that look in his eye where he's getting the ball in the net. And I think today he just he he looked like he had it in him to score again today. The way he was moving, he just looked so positive. In the first half, he had a decent shot from him from a Coutinho kind of position, but you wouldn't put it past him putting that in either. Um, yeah, we got a bit of luck, but the best teams get luck, or you you know you make your own luck. In the fact, he's got the shot off in the first place, and um, it takes some deflection, but. I still think it might have gone in because the deflection slowed the ball down of anything. That doesn't hit Tompkins' heel or whatever it was, his calf. I think it just flies in the bottom corner anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a decent point. I mean, um, Jesse, I mean, again, unlucky with this one, couple deflections. I don't think Speroni again could do much about this one. No, it's one of those painful ones to watch where it just sort of looks a little bit slow-mo all the way in after he's hit it, you know. Um, 
and Spironi, this is a typical, typical, um, situation where Spironi will get called out for not being tall enough, as in his reach, his reach wasn't there, but I don't think that's completely fair with the little deflection as well. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, you must be used to watching this though. Once Liverpool get one, the second one's usually not far behind or the threat is definitely is coming. So you just got to be wise to it and feel like this is what you kind of expect to happen. It's what we've, I've been seeing you guys do all seasons. You get one, you get the other one and just try and kill the game as quick as you can. So it wasn't surprising just to see. Firmino get on the score sheet. Did he score last week as well? Um, I can't remember. He scored against Brighton. Scored against no, that Brighton? Was, no, no, it's Salah. Yeah, Salah. I think he scored the week before. Yeah, that's right. He scored recently. So he sort of you know, put him in my fantasy team, Firmino, because I just thought once he's sort of gone, once, once he starts to get his confidence back, they start to go in. So, um, yeah, it wasn't a huge surprise to, to, to sort of see the second goal follow the first. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, it's, Sure, when you come on to the next goal, it's just this is when it started to feel a little bit like the City game. That you know we 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 didn't feel beat. We didn't we didn't um didn't didn't react to the game like it was over after we after you guys got back into it. We weren't too rattled. So it was. I don't think we scored too long after that one, did we? The next one. Well, yeah. Do you want to go straight into it? I think it's about it's a it's a few minutes after it. Again, it's a counter by yeah. AU wins a corner. Um, okay. Was set pieces always going to be a decent weapon for you? No, so I've got some good good stats on that. So I think we've had something like we're the we're the worst converter of set pieces this season in the Premier League. I think even Huddersfield have got better conversion than us. We've but mainly because we've put we've had so many chances. So we have over over hundred and twenty odd corners, but we've not only put one or two of those away. So. Usually our set pieces, usually Tom, Tompkins is at the back post, but he's not usually been direct as he was on yesterday. He's usually trying to knock it back towards the far post for someone else to get on the end of it, thereby reducing the chance of something happening. We need to see him more direct. We've been missing that direct threat from set pieces since Scott Dan came out of the starting lineup. It's a bad injury. You might remember when we beat you at 2-1 at Anfield, Scott Dan scored a header. Hmm. That, so we used to Scott Dan scoring bullet headers from uh, corners and free kicks, and we've missed that from the centre back. Saka's not really been doing that at all. So Tompkins has been a little bit lacking in in that kind of threat. So I think you could see he's a little bit surprised <laughs> that it went in. So um, yeah, we need to do more of that. Tompkins needs to just be ruthless and just try and find the far corner with a headed down um, opportunity like that. AU is brilliant for the goal as well. He takes out two defenders. I didn't notice that. Yeah, he takes out. He, he's he's jostling with um Van Dyke and Van Dyke go and get off the ground, and he just kind of manages manages to get in the way of Fabinho, who's trying to track Tompkins. Okay, I haven't seen so, that. Maybe. Yeah, is that being, so, is that, is that being um, some criticism levelled at your defence at all? Or? <laughs> What was what was that? Well, I can't remember. It was on Sky on match today. I was watching it on, but they were saying that um, okay, the defence have got it wrong, but actually, AU's done a brilliant job because right, he, okay. he has done a good job there, taking two defenders out. Yeah, I think Credit. we've just we've just focused on Tompkins getting on the end of a corner because we've just been been dying for him to do that. So, yeah, we need more of that. We need more direct sort of 
threats from, from set pieces have just not been good enough. Yeah, I agree with you there, Stephen. Um, you did a great job, um, especially keeping Van Dyke down. Possibly a bit weak from Van Dyke, possibly, but I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna criticise Van Dyke much because of what he's done for us. But uh, yeah, we, I think we're about 50 minutes in now, so we'll have to uh, get through the <laughs> the hectic end towards the game. But I mean, the third goal. <sighs> It's a great pass by Fabinho, and Milner does well. I thought Milner was quite good attacking throughout the game, but I mean, Jesse, I have to start with you. Um, it's just a bit of a horror show by by Spironi, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, I'm not really sure what he was trying to do. He sort of got like an, looked like an in between decision where he thought, "I might punch this. Actually, maybe I can reach it. Oh no, I can't." So um, again, he's going to get picked up for his for his sort of lack of height. Which is a shame because he's, he doesn't usually make mistakes in the air. He's usually very good at plucking things out of the air and can surprise people with his with his height. He can get off the ground, but that just he hasn't played for a year, so I don't really know how well prepared he was. Or um, it's just a real shame because it's not like him to do that. He usually it's makes more, he makes Spurrier makes mistakes. Historically, it's been with the ball at his feet because he hasn't got the best kick in the world. Uh, maybe he chooses the wrong pass out of defence, puts our defender under pressure and then something happens. So we've not known him to make many mistakes with his hands. I think having watched it back, it looks like he's gone to catch it. He's mistimed his jump, realised he's not going to get to it and just flapped a hand hoping. I think, you know, I think, I think he played two or three games before the, today. That doesn't happen. I think it's circumstance. Yeah. So he's so not played got, for a year. Yeah. Probably got caught by that bounce as well. It's not quite an irregular um, ball, dangerous ball from Milner across the goal, isn't it? So he just—I think he's just not sharp, is he? He's just not played for a year. But he's—he's yeah. he's, he's well known to be an absolutely um, meticulous trainer. Like he—he's—he's he's very proud of the fact that he—he's um, always ready to be selected. He was, you know, he's third choice keeper. He trains like he's starting the game and he gets talked about with a lot of affection and admiration from pros all over the club. Townsend put out a picture of him hugging him at the end of the game and was talking very uh, emphatically about how unlucky he was and how much admiration he has for Speroni. So he's, he can't be accused of being rusty uh, in his preparation. He's probably just rusty through lack of match, um, first team matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that, that's that's probably the best um, reason for it. I mean, it's it's just one of, one of them, isn't it? It just it, it happens yeah. to everyone. Um, I mean, that, you, you try tracing that back. You can, I mean, how often does Van Dyke shoot from there? I mean, he's, they, you guys would be crazy not to shoot on site yesterday. No, yeah. he hasn't played all season, right? So you've probably been all your players have been told to just. Challenge the keeper in every possible way, and, and you know, at least Mo did him a favour and made sure it wasn't an own goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a crappest favour ever, but yeah, <laughs> uh, great yeah. favour for the I FPL mean, people. He's got, he's got, he's what's he two behind? He's got, he'll take anything when he's the last. So uh, mm, I think he's, he's ahead now, actually. <clears throat> okay, good. Yeah, so I think Brown is probably probably perversely grateful that he managed to get a toe on it. <laughs> yeah. 
He might have him in his FPL. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, we've got a couple more things before we finish. Well, two two more goals and a red card, so quite a bit to, to do. Uh, but, Stephen, I'll just ask you about this. I mean, it's just, it's a stupid red card. I know it's two yellows, but it's, it's a stupid red card collectively, isn't it? Yes, but they're both yellows. It, you should have known better. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like I don't want to say bad things about Milner. It's not his fault he had to play right back. It's not his fault. He's, you know, 33, doesn't have the pace he had and was up against Zahar, who looked like had the bit between his teeth yesterday. And um, I think the second one's a little bit of frustration and Zahar's pace just means that he's late. They're two silly yellows. You can't say much about it. Both deserve the yellows. They deserve a red card. And it doesn't surprise me whatsoever that that was the result of him playing right back against Zahar at all. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a perfect way of putting it. It's not much more details than that. But uh, Stephen, fourth goal from us, uh, I mean... I didn't notice it, and I don't think anyone noticed it till match of the day, but there's a Robbo handball in there, which is pretty clear <laughs> now. Um, again, quite lucky. Um, Mane didn't have a very good performance, in my opinion, but uh, we get the fourth goal, and we thought the game was dead there, but it, it turned out to be a more important goal than I imagine many of us thought it would be. I mean, yeah, I mean, in some ways, the, the missed... Missed handball on Robbo is a bit of retribution for what could have been a penalty in the first half if you want to go down that route, but keeper doesn't miss it. He, so the ref misses it. It's definitely a handball. We've had another decision go our way and Marley, who's was pretty dreadful finishing wise, actually put it in the bottom corner. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jesse, were you just trying to push for the uh, the equaliser at that point? And then, uh, obviously, unfortunate with a handball, but just a bit overstretched from trying to push for, further forward? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head of why Milner got a red card, because the game was ebbing and flowing. He probably Milner probably went into the game thinking, I won't make any of those sort of challenges on Zaha, but in the heat of the battle and us not looking like we're giving up the fight, he probably just thought, I'll take one for the team here. Um, and then, I was just kind of, from our point of view, just pleased that Wilf did get a clear touch on the ball because it meant it was, you can't dispute the fact that he's, uh, drawn the foul on both occasions. Mm. The clean, the clean, clear cut, uh, yellow on both, on both accounts. So you, I think I, we're totally aligned on that. But yeah, I think it's just an interesting point about the, the point in the game that, 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 that those challenges were, you know, this, it didn't look like that we were going to go down easy. So, and then conversely with the fourth goal, I think that's actually the most disappointing in some ways, uh, goal that Sproni let in because the amount of times I think he was just caught out with the third one. Obviously, I don't think you can really sort of blame him apart from his, his not complaining matches, but this, this sort of, sort of acute angle shot, I assume Sproni react and tip that round the post many mm. times. That is like his forte. He is the archetypal shot stopper. Um I think he's probably just a bit rattled at that point in the game. Yeah. Um and it was a it was a pretty sharp execution from Marnie. But that's that's where we we we're used to seeing Spironi keep us in games. It's like he's got by getting those. And again to your point, if he would play two or three more games maybe 
we, we would have seen that that side of Sproni yesterday. So, um, yeah, it uh, right panned out for us, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I think it was. It was one of them games that nobody expected madness, and then it just kind of, it just turned. <laughs> it, it just. It just turned into it. <laughs> it was just one of them. Yeah. But I mean, we I still given given us plenty to talk about. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's gone longer than every other pod this season. <laughs> but I mean, we're not even done yet. I mean, Jesse, just for you. I mean, <laughs> uh, the third goal, running out of time. I mean, anything. It just shows the impact from your bench, doesn't it? I mean, Wickham horrendous injury record and and my has not set the world alight since he's came over from Germany but it was a it was a nice goal well there's a lot in this as you say so if we'd started the game with a Wickham or Ben Tucky out front that's that's the sort of um goal I've, I've been more expecting to see rather than the other three you know the other two so mm. um I think that it's good to see Wickham come back into the into the team and not Get injured again, like he's usually just been in and out and in and out. Um, just a great little layoff for uh, Mayer. And Mayer's just been suffering from this Kabai shaped hole we're expecting him to fill. So he's got Kabai's shirt number seven, and everyone's expecting him to start matches. He's, he's very tidy, he can play in a very tight space, and he's been very good at just knitting things together, but he's had a lot of, he's had a lot of opportunities to shoot. Uh, in the League Cup as well, he's been had a, playing playing ninety minutes in those games, and his shooting's been a little bit woeful. He did a, had a good shot against Arsenal, I think it was. Just tipped round the post. That's the closest he's got. So we're just delighted to see him get his first goal for us, and um, hope hope that he's there's more where that came from, really. And good just good for us just to keep Liverpool that just run you guys that close to the three points. Um, yeah, just. Keeping up our good track record of uh, always giving Liverpool a game. Yeah, trying to uh, give as many heart attacks on Merseyside as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I mean, that is that is finally the game. Um, We'll finish up there, and I'll come to plugs. Um, Stephen, I'll start with you. Is there anything you want to plug? I wish I had something to plug, but I've not had time to write for a little while now. So hopefully, get back onto that in the next few weeks. Good stuff. Hopefully, hopefully, good stuff in the future, um, and hopefully, more time to come on face off as well. Um, uh, Jesse, anything you want to plug? We do a good post-match podcast straight after the game, which um, is available on iTunes. It's called FYP Podcast Extra. Um, it's a Patreon link, unfortunately, so um, it probably won't be available. But there'll be a few highlights coming out of that. So, and there's a bit, it'll be a double podcast this week where the game will be discussed in depth. So, Kevin Day, who you might know from uh, the Match of the Day two days when he was um, mm. presenting sort of those, those little uh, outside broadcasts at other people's stadiums. So, he he, he uh, is always on the podcast, and Jim Daly hosts it, uh, and a couple of other guys, Andy Street, James Endicott, and other guests. So, there's usually an in depth pod. Um, he, Kevin made a good tweet yesterday about Speroni that he would have forgiven him for feeding a mouse in his glove when that ball came across. Speroni um, can do no wrong for us. So um, yeah, it's just we're just pleased we gave him a poor game against, especially with the pomp they're in at the moment. So uh, there won't be too many. Everyone's taking the positives out of this game, so the podcast should be pretty up, upbeat this week. 
Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, so, thanks for joining me, you two, and thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Let's get ready to rumble! Y'all ready for this? Podcast Network.